Hello, and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corrin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we want to talk to you about, as practitioners, how do you know when you're done? How do you know when you've done enough? How do you know when your work is complete? And this is equally relevant for clients who are having their animals worked on by practitioners, you know, to know when to say, hey, could you check one more thing and not be Columbo, where there's always one more thing. And the animals teach us so much every time we think we're done and we find out the best is yet to come. Yeah, because a lot of times there's that one last little thing that can really make a difference because a lot of times when you're going through an animal, you're clearing out a lot of the secondary issues. The compensations. The compensations, and not necessarily getting to the primary. And then all of a sudden you get everything cleared out and you think, oh, God, that was good. I got everything done. But then, you know, the animal looks at you like, I don't think so. And this, it's, it means to keep your focus open that until you're on to the next one or back in the car or, or literally have moved on from that one patient, that one dog, that one horse, that one cow, pig, whatever it is that you have your, your hands on, it's so amazing is the differences in the little things. And we just had that happen today, which got me inspired to talk about this, but I realized it actually happens every day. Yeah. And it really requires present time consciousness. And we've talked about that before. You've got to be there. You can't be thinking about the, the animal you saw before that or the person you saw before that. You can't think about what you're doing tonight or tomorrow. You have to be right there. You have to be present. You have to be paying attention because the animals will tell you. And the fascinating thing is how many times have you said or had a practitioner say to you, oh, that'll just go away? And the truth is, often it won't just go away. Often, if there's something left, there's a reason for it. Whether it's a reason that you can address or it's a reason to call in someone else to look at it, either way, it's an important piece of information. Now, you don't expect that one treatment, whether it's chiropractic, acupuncture, massage, magnawave, laser, no, one treatment should not be the miracle, the end all. There is always room for improvement. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about leaving something that can be addressed that will make the biggest difference for that particular treatment to be as successful as possible. For example, often when working on, uh, I'll say a dog, uh, and it happens equally in horses, they'll literally put their nose on a rib when I think I'm done. And I'll go back and check and go, wow, yeah, those, there's a lot of irritation, there's a lot of interference in that area. There's, there's stuckage, you know, that the second you address, all of a sudden they take a deep breath, they give you a big shake, they say, yeah, I couldn't let go until you got the last piece. And that's why actually respecting your equine, canine, feline, porcine client is a big piece of this. When you want to go, what information am I getting from the one I have my hands on? And, it, you know, we, we just had that this morning with a horse where 
it's, we've known this horse. We've worked on it for years. It wasn't itself. And it was holding so much tension in that lumbar spine, literally the entire lumbar spine. Everything was tight. Found a bunch of ribs that were particularly unhappy, mobilized it. The horse was happier, looked at me, its eyes softened. But then it, it reached out. It, it literally went... It was still throwing its it head a little still, bit. It, there were so many cues. There, yeah, there was still that, you know, sometimes you just see that the, the animal's still uncomfortable with something, definitely better than it was, but not 100%. And you can still get back in there and make a difference. You can still get back in and not do too much because I, I, I also fear going in and doing too much. Right. Because you don't want the person calling the next day, oh, my horse was sore for three days or my dog was sore for three days. That shouldn't happen. Because no. As a chiropractor, that shouldn't happen. Because my job is to adjust. My job isn't to go in there and dig into all the soft tissue stuff and, and create all kinds of other issues. My job is to get to what I believe is part of the issue, what's stuck, what's not moving, what can be moving better, uh, find out what musculature there is that's sore, not sore, ten is it still tender? Uh, then you go back in, you laser, you tape, you magnawave, you acupuncture, you do what you do, but you always are looking for that last little piece that can really make a difference, especially if you're not gonna be able to see that animal again for month. two months. Right, well, and the interesting piece is when it's the first time you're seeing an animal, our recommendation is do less, learn it, see what it can tolerate. When you've known an animal, like in this case, where we've known it through many iterations of its lifestyle, and we know how it typically reacts, and I'm not getting that, look it in the eye and it's like, what am I missing? And in this case, it looking it in the eye, all of a sudden I noticed that one side of the jaw was actually a bit more swollen. When I checked the pole, I didn't feel it. When cervical range of motion, didn't feel it. When I was up on the bale, didn't feel it. But when I actually went under, and that's like, oh, that's a bit poofy. And it, then you get more history, then you find out that there maybe have been something systemic going on that had been addressed and there's perhaps some residual. So I said, well, let's, you know, I, I know this animal, he's uncomfortable, there's some swelling. Then they tell me there's been an issue with the jaw. Then we're like, let's get the laser on there and let's reduce that inflammation. I've never seen a horse melt that fast. Literally, its eyes got closed, it dropped its head, its side, you could watch the inflammation subside and it was the, the cherry, you know, topping. It was the, yes, I felt good, but, but this irritation was going to not allow the healing process to continue. You know, it's, it's like leaving a splinter in. They don't get better, they fester. And so to be able to pay enough attention to your animal clients to know when they're done, when they've had enough of you, and when they need some more of you. Yeah, and, and like Wendy said, it's about getting to know the animal. This animal we've been treating pretty regularly for two years, so we know it. You know, we know how it reacts. We know its behavior patterns. And that's real key factors is understanding that behavior. And you, if, even if you don't know it, ask, start asking the rider, start asking the owner, start asking the groom. 
because a lot of times they can give you insight too into, yeah, this has been going on. You know, the rider may say, oh, it's been going on for two weeks, but you talk to the groom and the groom goes, oh, no, this has been going on for two months. So there's other history sometimes that will help you gain a little bit more knowledge if you're not familiar with the animal. It helps when you become familiar with them because then you know and you have better communication with the animal. That's just the way it is. If you have your own animals, the longer you have an animal, the better communication you have with them. They understand your behaviors, that you understand their behaviors. And so you get to know what the animal is acting or reacting to. And that's how you can find out, is there something else more that we have to do? And will it be too much or will it be fine to go ahead and continue? And often, you know, what, what the owner, trainer, rider is telling us is it's just not right. It's different. It, they're, they don't, they're not themselves. And then it really is a, an honor and a privilege to be the medium between what that animal is communicating to their caretakers and how we as practitioners can be an interface between that. You know, the, the horse was not acting colicky. We tested the, um, you know, uh, points for large and small intestine and stomach and the, looked at the gums and checked the pulses and the horse is like, no, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it. And literally touched the jaw and said, do that again, I'll kill you. That is the issue. Same thing we had with a dog, a dog that always loves getting adjusted. Absolutely jumps on the table, can't wait. Touched its elbow and it said, do that again and you'll be bleeding. You know, was, was an abnormal behavior from a genuinely nice dog. Well, how else can they tell us? Yeah. You know, it wasn't sudden onset meanness or viciousness. It was, I need to communicate to you right now that that's a problem. And, you know, when we don't give veterinary advice, we don't tell what meds to take, all of this is why we are partner as a veterinarian and we know who to turn it over to or we often will go right back to the primary. So when someone says, well, you know, if this is the case, should I do this? question. Ask your primary. How long has this been going on? What's happening? And do you want to camouflage it or do you just want to listen and address the local issue rather than treating systemically, treating a whole for a problem that is in a part? And if you continuously camouflage the communication by sedating them or, or blocking pain, sometimes you can create a bigger adverse effect. Yeah, but you have to know your limits. You know, you have to have a team. That's, that's important too, because when you clear all that stuff out and you do all this extra stuff, it doesn't go away, what do you do? You don't just go up, oh, I'm out. <laughs> you don't do that. Obviously you call in another team member, hey, and you know, I think you may, might need to take a look at this or talk with the owner and say, hey, you know what, this is going on. I need you to keep an eye on this and make sure it doesn't get any worse. And we might need to call your vet and make sure they get a, get a good look at this too. You know, use your team because uh, sometimes you don't have everything. Well, and the thing is that often when there's follow-up to be done, then the, the owner, caretaker groom, trainer, has to be a part of that healing process. 
if you feel that, you know, yes, it was much stiffer on the right. We had a lateral um, chain of fascia that was locked long on one side, locked short on the other, and that animal needs to circle in order to repattern itself. You need the caretakers, the people who are there every day, to be a part of the healing team and not expect that you're going to come in for your time with the animal and be the you know, be all and end all. Because when that horse says to me, my, you know, my gum is swollen, I have some swelling coming down from the TMJ, or the dog says to me, I have a rib, I have an elbow, and you address it, that's not the end of it. That's the beginning of it. And creating an expectation in the, in the um, owner or caretaker that once you fix it, it's fine, is not rational. Once you address it, you are really starting the process of healing, and you need to be able to know what's the next step. Yeah, and knowing the next step is very critical in the continuation of that health of that animal. So you got to have a plan. Uh, you got to be you have to have that present time consciousness. You've got to be aware of what's going on because animals will give you clues. Right. They will give you clues. Unlike the people that go, oh, my doc, my little finger still hurts. Can you take a look at that? Animals can't say that. But if you notice them putting their nose on their side or moving your hand to a certain spot or shaking their head still, you might need to recheck something. And it's okay. You know, Tell the client, you know, I don't think we're done yet. We need to go in a little bit further. Well, and that's the really interesting thing, that the clients who know their animals best will say, they respond best when you do this. Or every day they love to put their halter on, their collar on, their harness on, today they won't let me. So now we know how to uh, gauge our follow-up. Is it now easy? Are they still hesitant? What do you have to do to make them um, gain confidence and release that fear that came with the pain and the injury. So a lot of times the follow-up when that animal is communicated to you and went into a different behavior pattern is how to restore, once the problem is gone, how do you restore the healthy behavior pattern? And that's part of the homework. Yeah, and giving homework to grooms to riders to owners anyone that's involved with that care of that horse is a recommended great idea because it continues the treatment even when you're not there and i find also that i you know giving me here's the problem without sometimes i'd much rather have a video of the problem than someone's words about the problem because we all interpret things differently and to be able to understand it ideally, sometimes we need a, this is how they were, this is how they are, and some form of comparison in order to really be able to understand it. And sometimes you, you have to go in and say, hey, has there been a new person doing the stalls who may be treating that animal differently when they go into clean, and now you have a fear-based pattern that wasn't there before? Did you change the dog's habit patterns? Are they on different uh, ground? 
there are so many questions that you can ask when you have enough, as Dave said, present time consciousness and ability to be aware. And, and so important that as a practitioner, if that horse is, what looks away from me, puts its head down, starts eating and goes, okay, you've been dismissed, I'm happy. When that horse is looking there and banging there and, and looking to get more attention, I believe it. And I look for, okay, what, what could I possibly have missed on the first go around that's worth addressing? So keep your eyes open, listen for the feedback, be willing to go back, be willing to, as a, as a client, be willing to say, hey, you know, they're better, but they're still doing this, can you take another look? Because often there's a fear base of asking, you know, don't, please don't leave, do the one more thing. And as long as it's not every time and, every, you know, another thing, you're not going to upset people. You're going to assist your caretakers in giving the best possible care to your animals. Yeah. And if you have to do more, you discuss it with the client and let them know, is there an extra fee in charge? You know, because people are going to ask those things. You know, be aware, know what's going to know can possibly happen, and be outright with be outright with people. Let them know what's going on. Let them know what you found, and go look. I need. I think we need to do maybe a laser on this horse because I think that will really put it get the healing process going better. And if you're totally baffled, you bring in your PEMF and scan the horse and see if it shows up somewhere else. You bring in again the uh, the whole point for everything equiline is to provide the best possible care for the creatures who do so much for us. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this has been an equiline podcast.